want you to do this with me. Stand up as we're going to read from um, Paul's epistle to the Colossians. We're going to read four or five verses here in Colossians chapter 2. I'm going to invite you to read aloud with me this morning. Just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can be seated. Today, we're, this is part four of this message series, For Better or For Worse. If you've not been here for all of it, or if you've missed any of it, or if you just want to go, man, I need to hear that again. These messages are all on our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google. You can find it and uh, refresh yourself. For those of you that are married, I I hope and pray that this series of messages, uh, that it spurs you to cultivate your marriage. Because that's what it it takes work. Marriage takes work. It takes cultivation. Uh, You know, you can go out into the field and just plant a little seed, and without cultivation, it may or may not make it. But if you go out and you find the right soil, and you plant the seed, and you nurture that seed, and you give it the nutrients that it needs, then it will grow, and it will bear fruit. And we're praying that your marriages, our marriages, all of our marriages would bear much fruit that remains. Amen? And I, so I'm pray, I pray that something is stirring on the, on the inside of you that you would cultivate your, your marriage to flourish and to thrive, not just survive, not just to get by. And for those of you that are single, for those of you that are divorced, for those of you that are widowed, I pray that God ministers to you as you're moving forward in life, no matter what God has in store for you. If that's for you to remain single for a period of time, or if that's for you to, um, you know, get married to a godly person, For some of you, it might even mean to reconcile with your former spouse. We've seen that happen a couple of different times. Uh, Dave and Jackie Craybill here in this church are a testimony of that. Adam and Bree Carlton are a testimony of that here in this church. Praise God. But for some of you that are single people, and some of you that are single people that are dating specifically, I hope and pray that for some of you, not all of you, but for some of you, I hope that you would break up. <laughs> Say that, right, yeah. Uh, and the reason why you might need to break up is because you can't marry the right person if you're dating the wrong person. Okay. One of the questions a lot of people have about marriage is, is how do I find the right person? And that is a good question. It's not a bad question. But maybe a better question to start with is not, not how do I find the right person, but maybe a better question is, is how do I become the right person? 
And the reason that this matters is because you don't typically attract what you want. More often than not, you actually just attract what you are. You don't typically attract what you want. You attract what you are. And, and, and it's true that you might want one thing, but you generally attract what you are more than what you want. I heard this story one time of a college girl. She grew up in a good Christian home. She went to college, but she got sucked into the party scene. And she's a couple years in to just that kind of lifestyle. And then she meets a guy. And she's just so excited. And she comes home to her mama, and she's telling mama all about this guy. Mom, I met the guy. He's awesome. He, he loves Jesus. He's a spiritual leader. He's everything I've ever wanted. He, he's amazing. He's respectful. He's cute. I think this is the guy that I want to marry. And mama said back to her daughter, not in a harsh way, but just in a truthful way. Sweetheart, all that sounds great. But I'm not so sure that a guy like that is looking for a girl like you. Why? Because you don't just attract what you want, you attract what you are. And so I heard someone else say this once, and this is, I hope you can stay with me on this because it sounds like a lot of the same words here. A good goal would to become the person, the person you're looking for is looking for. Become the type of person that the person that you're looking for is what they're looking for. Does that make sense? A couple of weeks ago, we talked about, in in this series, we talked about how we can pray for our spouse. And if our spouse is not in a good place, we can pray for them. God, change them. You guys remember that? The three of you that were here? (laughs) We, 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 We can say, yeah, I'm giving you permission. The, the scripture is, it's open game. You can pray for God to move in your spouse's life, to do a work in your spouse's life. And, and if, there's, if they need a lot of work, you should be praying for them. Spirit, soul, and body. But you should be, go, your prayer should go beyond that and not just pray for them, but you should say, God, change me. God, I, I ask you to do a work in my life. Change my heart. Bring me into alignment with you also. Why do we do that? Because we said that if you want a better better marriage, you need to start with a better you, right? So even in marriage, you you become the type of person that you're looking for. And so just to be clear, if you are married, that person is your spouse. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) Just to be clear. And if you are single... That person is not someone else's spouse. It's another single person. Just to be clear, it's just the days that we live in that we just have to say these things. And and, and so today, if you're married, I want to talk today about three qualities that you need to make a better marriage. And if you're single in the house today, I want to talk about three qualities that you need before marriage. So this hits all of us today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, just thank you that you created us to know you, to love you, 
to be loved by you. Help us, God, in all of our relationships. Help us show your love. For those of us that are married, God, or one day will be married, I pray that you would draw us and call us to a marriage that honors you. We submit our hearts to you. We're asking for your perfect will, for your perfect love. We pray this in your perfect name, the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. 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 You know, when it comes to relationships, there's a lot of different messages out there. There's a lot of different messages in our culture, uh, and they're conflicting messages. You know, like, well, how do you do this well? How do you do it well? And so, for example, you know, one of the messages that out there is out there is like in, in TV and reality shows. And how many of you have ever seen The Bachelor? <laughs> you incriminated yourself. It was a trick question. Now I'm teasing. I've never seen it, but I know enough about it because it's just part of pop culture that, you know, what The Bachelor teaches you about relationships is to make out with five people, to fall in love with two of them, and to give the rose to one of them. And three months later, after the show's over, break up with them, right? And so there's that model for relationships. Or you might listen to the relationship advice of an expert, of someone who's never been married, and... um, or someone who's on their seventh divorce, and they'll, they're like, well, you, here's what you need to do. You need to make a list of everything that you want. But then someone else over here says, no, 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 you just need to rip up that list. Don't do that. And then you've got friends over here telling you that you should be using a dating app. And then you've got other friends that are saying, you are not trusting God if you're using a dating app. And so this can all be incredibly confusing. And, and, and it, was, it reminded me, I was out for a walk yesterday, and I'm walking out in our neighborhood, and the sun is shining, and the wind is blowing, and my hair is like, you know, blowing in the wind. I'm not wearing a hat or anything, and then all of a sudden, the wind changes, and now my hair is blowing in my face this way, and it reminded me of what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. He says, don't be like immature children tossed about, tossed and blown about by every wind of new thought or teaching. And that's what we have is a generation that's looking for advice or direction on relationships, and this voice says that, and that voice says this other thing. And so we're, I'm going to go try this. And don't, don't do that. What we need to do is come back and listen to the one who created relationships, the one who created marriage, the one who has wisdom for us, the one who has the most love for us, the most genuine love for us. And so instead of listening to just our friends or getting relationship advice from TikTok or The Bachelor or whatever, let's go to the Lord and let's go to the Word of God. Amen? So if you've got your Bibles, open them up to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And we're going to look at a few verses here. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 6. And in 1 Corinthians 7, Paul is talking about relationships. He's talking to married people, and he's talking to single people. And, and he shows us, some, some of you are going to like 
tilt your head at this a little bit. But he shows us that being married is not the end goal of life. It's marvelous. Marriage is amazing. It's a blessing. It's a gift. But it is not the end all, be all of all things. In fact, throughout the scripture, we see a few different primary important people in the story throughout scripture who were not married. John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, who's just a little bit older than him, older than him, who's out preparing the way for Christ himself. He was unmarried. The Apostle Paul, who wrote like half of the New Testament, and he was unmarried. Jesus, who was Jesus. <laughs> the Savior of the world was unmarried. And so marriage is wonderful. Marriage is amazing. Marriage should be kept holy, but it's not God's pinnacle dream for your life. It is a gift from God, but it's not the pinnacle thing. This is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 6. And, I, and we're going to start with this part where he says, I say this as a concession, not as a command. But I wish everyone were single just as I am. Yet each person has a special gift from God of one kind or another. So I say to those who aren't married and to widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. But if they can't control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. It's better to marry than to burn with lust. Can I get an amen? Amen to that. So basically Paul is saying this. Marriage is a gift. That was the part where all the married people should have shouted amen. Paul is saying that marriage is a gift. Amen. Some of y'all didn't say anything. Jesus is watching. <laughs> and you know what else Paul is saying? Singleness is a gift. Not quite as many amens there. We're not as strong. Some of the single people are like, is there a gift receipt that I could use to make an exchange? Because it doesn't always feel like a gift. But Paul goes on to address some other things for the married people, says some thing, other things for the single people, and then he writes this in verse 35. He says, I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. And then here's the kicker right here, everybody. I want you to do Whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord the best with as few distractions as possible. I like the way that the NIV translates it, and it says this, that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. That's God's vision for your life, that you would live with undivided devotion to the Lord. In other words, Paul's like, hey, if you, if you don't have a spouse or, and you don't have a family, then it means you have fewer things to divide your attention and to divide your affections so that you can wholly give yourself wholly unto the Lord, so that you can wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, give yourself wholly, H-O-L-Y, unto the Lord. The point 
is, is that married, being married is not our purpose. So what is our purpose then? Our purpose is to serve the Lord. That sounds too simple, J.D. It's that simple. That's our purpose, to serve the Lord, to have, be devoted to the Lord, to serve the Lord the best. So if you're married, instead of just waiting for your spouse to become the right person and being frustrated with them, what you want to do is ask God to help you become the right person. And if you're single, instead of just waiting around or just going everywhere to look for where, I, where can I find the right person, no, the better thing to do is to pray and ask God, God, help me be the right person to serve you. Whether I'm in a relationship or not, whether I'm married or not, God, my purpose is to serve you, so make me the right person. So what are these three qualities that I mentioned just a moment ago? The three qualities that, that, that are going to help you have a better marriage, the three qualities for you single people that you need before you get married. These are the three qualities that help us become the right person. Number one, we want to be secure in Christ. Number two, we want to be strong in character. And number three, we want to be planted in community. These three things are going to help your marriage. The single people, get these three things now before you get into a marriage. Because these are going to help you serve the Lord the best. Be devoted to him. Let's, let's all say these out, out loud. What, what are we going to be? We're going to be secure in Christ, strong in character, and planted in community. Let, let's talk about the first one today. We're not going to go, we're going to do all three of these today, but let's just take some time and talk about what it looks like to be secure in Christ. If you want to be married and happy, you, you passed. You're the only one in the entire room. You get a gold star, Scott. Anyway, if you want to be married and happy, okay, well, some of you guys get, yeah, some of you guys get a whole star. Some of you guys get like one of just the little triangle parts. Anyway, If you want to be single and happy, then either way, you need to start by being secure in Christ. If you want a blessed relationship, I'm going to say this, it might just rock your world, I don't know. If you want a blessed relationship, you cannot look to that relationship to fulfill you. First, you must find your fulfillment and your security in Christ. Everybody say, in Christ. Christ. If you're not secure in Christ, it means you're going to be insecure. Right? I mean, you might be secure in this area of your life or that area of your life. But you're not going to be secure in the things that matter the most, which is your, your eternity, your eternal position. And I don't, when I say eternity, I don't just mean like, well, going to heaven. I mean your right standing position with the Father provided to you through Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit filling you and filling you. That's the thing that matters. 
You might, well, I'm, I'm secure in what I do over here at work, or I'm secure in what I do over here in this area of my life. I'm secure. Okay, that's great. That's wonderful. But are you secure in Christ? And if you're not secure in Christ, then what you're going to do is ultimately you are going to be insecure, and you're going to try to fulfill those insecurities in these other things that don't matter. And the thing about insecure people is insecure people, they need more, and they settle for less. Insecure people, they need more and they settle for less. Insecure people, uh, they're always looking for outside validation and reassurance. It's like, oh, please tell me. Tell me how good I am. Tell me that you love me. Tell me that I'm worthy. Validate me. Why are they like this? Because they are always needing outside reassurance. Because why? They're not secure in Christ. I have observed a lot of single people dating. I've been in ministry for a long time, and I remember what it was like even when I was a teenager. 20-something, 22 years, 21 years or something like that in full-time ministry now. And the first 16 of that was in youth ministry. And so I watched a lot of people dating and worked a lot with young adults and saw them dating. And so I've observed this in their life, but it's not exclusive to just single people who are dating. It's not just exclusive to this. But, but many of these people, what they're doing is instead of looking to Jesus to provide them their own personal sense of purpose, they're looking to relationships to provide that for them. And they just got to have someone. I just got to have someone. And they find, if they do find themselves in a season of singleness, it's not for very long. It's for just a short amount of time. Why? Because they just have to have someone. And because they just have to have someone, oftentimes they settle for just whoever's available. This way of thinking is incredibly prevalent in our culture. It's just, it's just the norm. Just think about some of the most popular romantic movies in the last few decades. And think about, I mean, almost every romantic movie, but think about like some of the most popular ones. Think about the storylines. Think about the characters. Think about how things played out. Think about the movie quotes. I'll give you one, The Notebook. You guys remember that movie? With um, Rachel Adams and Ryan Gosling, right? And Ryan Gosling's character is Noah. I watched this movie one time with my wife. I have not seen it more than once, but I did watch it once with my wife. I admit. You cannot take my man card. And Noah says this. He says, no matter what happens to us, every day with you is the best day of my life. Isn't that just so romantic? And all the women are just like, oh, all the feels. And all the guys are like, my eyes are rolling out of the back of my head right now. <laughs> Casey, your eyeballs are on the floor. You have to pick them up, put them back in. How about the movie Titanic, right? I mean, don't, you, can't, you can't pass this one up. Rose and Jack, they're out there in the icy waters. Jack is frozen to the, that board that, that Rose is floating on. And what does she say? What, what, what does she say? I'll never let go. 
I promise. And what happens 0.5 seconds after she says that? She lets go. Am I the only one that thinks there was room for him up there on that board floating around? This is unnecessary. Let's, let's throw it back even a little bit further. Going back to 95, 96-ish, Jerry Maguire. We all know this one. Even if you have never seen this movie, you know this quote. This is where Tom Cruise says, uh, his, his character, Jerry Maguire, says to Dorothy, Renee Zellweger's character, what does he say? Everybody say it. You complete me. You complete me. You're what I need. You're what, you're what my life has been missing. You complete me. And this is the message that so many people wrongly believe. These make for great stories. But it is, this is, there's something deeply wrong with the message of these stories and what we see the truth of the Scripture. The Scripture tells us that it's not anyone else that completes you. Your marriage does not complete you. There is one person that completes you. It's Christ and Christ alone. He's the only one that completes you. Marriage never makes you whole. Jesus alone makes you whole. The Apostle Paul said it this way in Colossians chapter 2. We read this just a moment ago. Verse 9, he says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God. So you also are complete through your union with Christ. Are, you're, you're, so, so you also are just a half person through your union with Christ, and you need to find somebody to get married to. Is that what it says? You are complete. If I, This movie ought to be Jerry Maguire saying to Jesus Christ, you complete me, Jesus. Because that's the truth. The challenge is that everywhere you go, you hear messages that do not come from a biblical worldview. So follow me down this rabbit hole, if you will, okay? The predominant cultural message is this. You can't be happy without your soulmate. So if that's the case, and the person that I'm married to is not making me happy, well, then they must not be my soulmate. So if that's the case, and the person that I, I'm married to is not making me happy, and that means they must not be my, soul pay, uh, my soulmate, and my purpose in life is to find my soulmate because they're the one that's going to make me happy, then I guess I need to go on a quest to go find my soulmate. So that justifies all kinds of things. Justifies divorce. Well, they're not making me happy. And my soulmate is the one who's supposed to make me happy. And so they're, if they're not making me happy, then they're not my soulmate, then I need to go find my soulmate. So let's, let's call it quits. Let's get a divorce. Or maybe you're on the same elevator but a different level, and, and, the, and it doesn't, Maybe you don't go all the way to divorce, 
maybe you just, it justifies, well, we're just going to stay married and we're going to just coexist. But I'm going to look for my needs to be met elsewhere. And so you look for your needs to be met like in pornography or other ungodly kinds of media. I think of like the, the Fifty Shades movies or, you know, books like that or websites or blogs or whatever. You're like, well, that's not pornography. Mm, yeah, it's pornography of, of, in your brain. Maybe it justifies an inappropriate relationship with a coworker. Well, you know, it's not an affair. No, it may not be today. But if you keep on this path, you're going to get to the place someday where you could just full-on justify having an affair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're going to stay married for the sake of the kids and because, you know, divorce is expensive. And I'll just get my, my needs mount elsewhere over here on the side. I'll just get a little action on the side. That's what the enemy wants you to do. The enemy wants you to find whatever will stroke your ego and keep you distracted from finding your purpose in just simply serving the Lord. That's what, what is our purpose? Serve the Lord. I like what the, the Westminster Catechism says about, about this. It says, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to, to enjoy him forever. That's what you find when you're serving the Lord. For you single people. Satan will try to get you to believe that if you're not in a relationship or if you're not married, then something's got to be wrong with you. And so the enemy might try to tempt you in similar ways that he'll try to tempt married people, but the bottom line is just the same result, for you to be distracted from your purpose in simply serving the Lord. Is it, is it Luke 4, I believe, where Jesus goes into the wilderness to be... He goes in the wilderness to pray and, and fast, right, for 40 days? And then some translations say he goes into the wilderness to be tempted by the enemy. And, and all these temptations that the enemy brings to Jesus, all of them are to get him to be distracted from his mission, from his purpose, Just get us just off one degree, just enough, so that by the time we've traveled a few years down the road, we're way off. Listen, you are complete in Christ because of God's love for you and the perfect work of Jesus on the cross and in the resurrection. Single people, you do not have to lower your standards because you are already complete. You do not have to compromise by settling for less. When someone asks you, hey, join me as we go out of bounds here. We're going to go out of bounds of God's way of doing things, of God's way of love. We're going to travel out of bounds here. Listen, you do not have to trade your body for love. 
You don't have to lower your standards when you're secure in Christ. Whether you're married, whether you're single, you are not a half person looking for another half person to make a whole. That's not what this is. Because of Jesus, because of his work, because of his grace, because of his love, because of his forgiveness, because of his mercy, because of his awesomeness, we are whole in him. Single people, listen to me. Married people, listen to me. Those of you that are raising single people, you're raising children right now who are single people, who will one day be interested in romantic relationships. Some of you grandparents, you're around your grandchildren. Any of us here, whether you're single or whether you have influence in the life of a single person, listen to me because we all need to to be able to give this truth away. Insecure people need more and they settle for less. But secure people need less and expect more. Insecure people need more and settle for less, but secure people need less and expect more. Some of you single people are like, well, I I already have like pretty high standards. Good! You should! Good for you. When you're secure, you should have high standards. This is kind of funny. Have you ever seen a guy and a girl together and you're like, No star for that one. (laughs) Have you ever seen a guy and a girl together and the thought goes through your mind, how how did he end up with her? How did these two get together, right? How did this happen? You know, and, 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 uh, you know, whenever a guy asks another guy, like, hey, how did you get that girl? That actually is a very high compliment for the guy, you know? It's a very high compliment. Bro, you outpunted your coverage on this one. How did you how did you end up with her? How did you get her? Well, thank you very much. Thank you. The weird thing is it does not work the opposite way. It does not work with women that way. But I digress. Let me show you, I want to show you a picture of Jamie and I at our wedding. I'm going to show you this picture right here. How did that child end up with this woman right here? How in the world did that happen? How did that scrawny dude end up with this bombshell? I don't know. And, and let me show you the, the, just our, some of our spiritual legacy here. How did... How did these people right here end up with that? These amazing people who love and serve Jesus into their, their teenage years and their college years. Praise God. We're praying that they continue to make those choices all the days of their life. It was not because it, it, it was not because I was incredibly, really, really, really ridiculously good looking. It was not because I was super smart. It was not because, it was certainly not because I had any money. What I had going for me is that I love Jesus, that I was secure in Christ, 
And I just believe that when I met this girl, that we could serve Jesus better together than we could apart. Right? Don't say yeah too much because that's going to make me feel insecure. But anyway. (laughs) Listen, she didn't complete me and I didn't complete her. The confidence and the calling of the security in Christ was the most important thing that attracted us to one another. Were there other things? Yes, obviously there were other things. But the most important thing was that we were both secure in Christ. And to be secure in Christ means that you you recognize that, oh, I've been forgiven by God, and I've been called by God, and I've been chosen by God. And when you're secure in Christ, you don't need to settle for somebody else who's not secure in Christ. You're secure in Christ, so you should expect more. Your standards should be high. And when you're secure in Christ, you become attractive because you're becoming the right person. Remember the story that I told you at the beginning of how the the, the party girl saw the secure in Christ guy and she was attracted to him? She saw that. She saw he was secure in Christ, and it was attractive to her. The problem was is that she was incredibly insecure, and she was finding her security in all these other things besides Christ. And Mama was like, you're not ready, sweetheart. He's not looking for you because you're you're insecure. You attract not just what you want. You attract what you are. Remember, your purpose isn't to find your soulmate because they're the one who's going to fulfill you and make you happy. That's not life's purpose. So whether you're single or whether you're married, you don't need someone else to complete you. Your purpose isn't to be married. Your purpose is to live wholly devoted to Jesus. Now listen, there's, there's, we could preach a whole nother like part two of this same message because some people might hear this and go, well, man, hey, you know, uh, then I don't need my husband. I don't need my wife. And so I'm going to peace out on this thing. And I don't mean necessarily you're going to go get a divorce, but you're going to detach yourself emotionally. And I understand because of circumstances, sometimes that lends to that. But remember that a good marriage is not 50-50. A good marriage is 100-100. So whether or not the other person is putting in their part, you you put in all. You're all in all the time, all 100. Because I have no control over the other person. I'm just going to pray to God, God, you pray. God, I pray that you would change them, do a work in their life, do a miracle in their heart. God, also do the same in me. Make me secure in Christ. Help me become the right person. Help me be attractive in Christ. But JD, how do I make my spouse be the right person? JD, how do I, if I'm single, how do I get out there and look for the right person? No. How do I become the right person? Number one, we want to be secure in Christ. Next time, I don't know when the next time will be that we'll be on this message series. 
because we have a few weeks here. We, next week, Pastor Sonny's going to be here, and then we have Palm Sunday and Easter. So we're going to take a break from this for a while. But we will get to these other two qualities, being strong in character and being planted in community. We need all three of these things. Strong in character, planted in community, but it starts with being secure in Christ. Why are we spending all of our time talking about this stuff? Because the Holy Spirit has led us, this church, to make this year about making every home an altar. Every home an altar. And if your home is going to be an altar to host the presence of God, where the presence of God can come and dwell, and God can bring his ways and bring his blessings to your home, into your heart, into this church, then this is a foundational place for us to start. See, it all makes sense. It all connects. The Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that You have a vision for our life. You have a vision for our marriage. You have a vision for our relationships. And I thank you that you make us whole and complete in you. And we don't have to go out searching and looking for anyone else to fulfill us or for anyone else to make us happy, for anyone else to to give us the, the, the romantic goosebumps of any kind. Lord, we thank you for all those things. Those are a gift when we get them. And God, I pray that the marriages of this church would be full of romance and that that husbands and wives would would know how to work out the stresses and the tensions and the disagreements in in their relationship and do it with, with honor unto you and to one another. But Lord, you are the one who completes us. Not my wife, not my husband, not my girlfriend, not my boyfriend, not some other thing that, that's, that's trying to just uh, distract me and pull my attentions and affections away from you, Lord. You complete me. You complete every person in this room. God, I pray right now that you would do a transformative work in our hearts and in our minds, wherever that we are out of alignment in our way of thinking, wherever we are out of alignment in giving our, uh, our pieces of our heart away to, to things and to other people that we shouldn't be doing. Arrest us. Bring us into alignment with you. That's what we want. That's what we desire. God, I pray for healing over marriages right now. I pray that husbands and wives would be all in all the time, 100-100. Not not just waiting and expecting for the other person to change, but God, they would pray for one another and that they would pray for themselves. God, I pray for the single people in the room. Lord, for some of them that are are dabbling in things or with other relationships that they should not be in, Lord, give them the courage to walk away from those things and to find themselves wholly, completely in you. And Lord, I pray that you would prepare the right person at the right time to come along, not to complete our single people, but to compliment them and to together they can better serve you together than they could if they were apart. Lord, this is, this is what we want. We're making our hearts, our homes, and this church an altar. Come and send your, 
through fire. God, well, we want to do our part. We want to come into agreement and bring the sacrifices that we need to bring. But, Lord, you come and send the fire. Let your presence consume us. Because, Jesus, we just want to glorify you and to enjoy you forever. And everybody said amen.